0: Hey everybody! My name is Johann Philip, and I'm Matt Carvel, and we are live
1: every Tuesday afternoon for live lunch. That is the place that we take the Sunday teaching, and we have a discussion about it. We unpack the different themes, ask some different questions, and we're
0: inviting you to get involved in it. Have a listen or submit some questions. That's sort all. Of and we have food. So, if you want to find out about some good eating options around Brighton and Hove, tune into Live Lunch. So, you get fed, well, we get fed physically, but you get fed spiritually. Uh, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. live on Instagram, then the video does sit on YouTube and podcast. If you like more information about how you can join in with the conversation at Live Lunch, we are emmanuel.com. Is it gross to have our
2: chicken bones on the side? Still
0: <laughs> <laughs> thinking you see though. Okay, all right. <laughs> Great, we are live. We do apologise. Uh, there's no the wonderful our wonderful producer Jess Kaloki is in Berlin at the moment, enjoying the Berlin life, um, oh. and has left us to figure out a live lunch by ourselves. <laughs> so we do apologise if there is any technical snags that happen during the episode. But Jess, we need you come yes, back. Yeah, we miss you. are entitled
1: to a holiday, Jess. That's uh, absolutely fun, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just not the
0: rhythm, just not on a Tuesday at lunchtime. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, but we do have wings, so we've gone unhealthy.
1: Yes. Great. Come on. Had a bit
0: of like sushi wraps and stuff recently. Yeah. that has been quite healthy. Okay. Well, it feels healthy, doesn't it? yeah not it? We've got bookshop. I do a lot of bookshop. Uh, the wings at bookshop are spectacular. Mm. We've got different flavours. We've got the buffalo flavour, we've got the douche and the goku. Which are all random words. I'm glad you've back oh, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like what it tastes like Yeah, so it does Goku, yeah, yeah. It's hard to describe Goku But it just tastes like a Goku Fire Yes, no, yeah, yeah absolutely Spicy oh, um, Great, it's great to have you guys with us We are joined by the wonderful George Benson Who helps lead our evening service here at uh, Emmanuel And good to have you with us, George As usual, me and Matt Cobbs I feel like I haven't been on live? I, I know, we've, had, we've had a
1: few different weeks You've a half term, you've been yeah. away It's been
0: yeah. up and down we're back on track. And we are back and we are looking at the Jesus' claim that He is the way. Mm-hmm, the way uh, he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And we're specifically focusing on the way. Uh, the claim that Jesus made. Matt, you preached on Sunday. Would you like to give us a summary of the preach?
1: Yeah, I can do. Yeah, I mean, I think in for, for me at least. It was funny because I was doing uh, both last week and this week and it was a bit it was a bit of a part 1 and part 2. I was speaking about I am the door uh the previous week and that was a very similar or at least overlapping idea of Jesus that um, you know, he is the the way into eternal life uh, and I was kind of saying uh, there is an aspect of that that eternal life begins now and uh, because eternal life is about relationship with Jesus and that's what he points uh, points to Jesus doesn't say here is a way to live and it points away from each himself he says, I am the way the enlightenment is in him and so it's a relationship that begins with him so last week we talked about the eternal a bit more this week we we're talking about the the practical now that actually life is jesus being in relationship with him that uh, is that relationship gives us all the meaning and purpose mm. that we need in life and meaning and purpose is something that everyone needs mm. and everyone instinctively grasps and invents if they don't have a sense of meaning and purpose themselves um but that's because we are all made for a relationship with Jesus. So we talked a lot about, um, the, yeah, the central importance of that, the challenge of that, and actually I suppose it landed in, you know, our devotional devotional life being life because that is where we connect with Jesus and our fellowship with him, reading right. the Bible, praying, spending time with him, et cetera, et cetera.
0: We've called this preaching series Virtual Jesus yeah. because we're looking at, um, I guess, misconceptions or or claims about Jesus which have come close to who he actually is but fall short. Uh, and in some ways, this virtual Jesus is an easy one. It's a pretty straightforward one. We look at the teachings of Jesus uh, and, we, you know, the world could say, well, he's just one, He's a really good teacher. Yeah. He's one who um, has good things to say, good things to, good rules of life or good principles. You can see uh, Jesus' teachings being used in various other contexts outside of Christianity and the church. Um, but the exclusive nature of Jesus' claims, he's not saying he's the way, he's saying he's the way is what takes him from being a virtual Jesus to being, this is what the real Jesus is. He doesn't give you the freedom to say, I'm one of the many ways that you can find nirvana or peace or ascension. I'm the way. There's only one way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which would stand out to people and um, not something that people generally uh, want to hear. Um, But I think that the, um, the issue is, like what? What are you? What are you looking for? A way of life to do? What are you trying to achieve? Like everyone, as I say, everyone needs a sense of meaning and purpose. And if if you're what you're looking for um, in a way to live is something to make you feel better, of course you could find that in anything and that's we have a very um in 21st century western context a very pick and mix kind of attitude to spirituality well i found that this meditation technique helped me or this philosophy was really helpful and you know you browse through this this the self-help section of bookshop or whatever and there's just loads of there's loads of stuff here seven lessons from the stoics or seven lessons from Arnold schwarzenegger he's got a new book out. have you seen that he has. <laughs> and it's about like seven rules or something. Jordan and 12 steps and whatever. He Every- said he'd be back, didn't
2: he? <laughs> <laughs> God, sure. Come on. He said he'd be back. That was the joke. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: That's good. It, it does. Um, so, but it's because what people are trying to do is people's objective is to let's make the most of my life. Mm. And so who can help me do that? And so, in that sense, you can look at Jesus. Well, does Jesus really help me in my life? Well, no. Or maybe he helps you. That's good view, okay. And people treat it in that way. But Jesus comes to answer a totally different uh, set of questions. Mm-hmm. If you want forgiveness of sin, if you want eternal life, that you know those types of things, Jesus is Jesus is the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus says that this is these are actually the important things is what life is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah
0: lost my train of thought yeah george what, <clears throat> what would you say to i guess you probably deal with this uh, a lot in the evening service where questions about who jesus being exclusive hmm. you know how, what would be your approach to it?
2: yeah i think the what we're doing in this preaching series is really important because we have uh in the gospels and in john we have accounts of what jesus said that are historically attestable and so we have gospels that um when you look into the history of them, even down to the things like the plants that are around, the movements of the people as it's being written, um, and the names of the people. If you look at percentages of how many people were called Peter, and then how many times someone's called Peter in the Gospels, it it accords with what was happening at the time. And so what we have is historically um, sort of viable and verifiable documents, whatever you think to the divinity of Jesus and uh, of the Gospels, of what Jesus said, and uh, and what people heard when he said them and so what 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 you need to do and what we would point people to is are you you are seeing jesus as one of many options Mm -hmm. what does jesus say about himself in the four main kind of histories that we have of him and he says exclusive things that were understood to be exclusive and uh, which is a really offensive claim actually in this in this day and age Um, but the beauty of it is he does it so that as he says later on in john that our joy his joy may be in us and our joy may be full he's not looking to take options away from you to be mean but he wants you to be enjoying the way uh, which is him and his joy and that would be my story it would be a story of finding that everything I need is in him lots of things I want lots of things I'm looking for lots of good things in culture to enjoy and other things that we we want to enjoy from wisdom from other places absolutely got no problem with that but ultimately the deepest joy is in him and uh, I think that is often the most powerful thing for people which I think Matt did really well on Sunday is that personal testimony that's all right (laughs) um is the personal testimony of what what that means for your life. And we live in a, an age of, um, you know, my living my truth and my story, and we'd, we'd want to challenge that in some ways. But one of the ways that we can, as we speak to people, um, utilise that, I guess, use that as a strength, is by telling our story. You can't deny that this is my story, and I have found deep, deep joy in Jesus, and that I found in nothing else. And uh, and that is a, is one of the most powerful things. And um, I know many have spoken to people after the service on Sunday, even just people being moved to mm get more hungry for god and seeing something of a maybe i will pray every day and maybe that is something i want to do not as a legalistic tick box exercise but as a way of getting more of god um, seeing something not only hearing something that matt's saying but seeing something in matt <laughs> seeing the way that god's moved in your life mm-hmm. and uh, being i want
0: something of that i want what you have
2: mm-hmm. um with god and so yeah that's that's what i'd say i
0: think well, that's really helpful. I think we could easily get go down the rabbit hole of talking about the apologetic side of your sermon, but mm-hmm. maybe there's other stuff you do want to get into, some of the more practical outworking sure. of, let's say you're convinced that Jesus is the way. How do we yeah. then live live that? But for those who are still exploring the faith and are still exploring questions and um, is there any resources that you could point them towards which will help them you know find confidence that jesus is is the truth, He's the way
1: yeah i mean uh r- books that we recommend on our recommended resource uh, stall confronting christianity by rebecca mclaughlin is one i just finished a few weeks ago i think um which we've been recommended for a while it's good because i think it just takes the different um I, I i suppose barriers that people have you know and, and that's the thing, you know people might hear the claim jesus says you know uh, i'm and the way but understandably people have barriers to that in terms of like well but christianity and what about slavery what about lgbt what about suffering in the world what about like those are intellectual barriers mm-hmm. that people have you know we can make jesus sound good and maybe people in a way are compelled by hearing about this sounds good what you're talking about but actually there's some barriers in the way so that's a really good one mm-hmm. and making sense by god uh making sense of god by tim keller is also so two good the
0: There are plenty of resources out there, aren't you? If you did want to look into the exclusive Mm -hmm. claims about Jesus. In in a sense, yes, you can enjoy the life to its fullest in Christ, but there's also, well, if he says he's the way, then take it or leave it. There's no... In the same way as I am my kid's dad, you know, yes, there's a lot that they can enjoy in me and our relationship, but that truth doesn't get taken away. It doesn't get changed. There's something quite black or white Mm. about what Jesus is is claiming. And I think it's, it's some of these statements which either, either the, the you know in the alpha course they, they, they present the options to you either he was who he said he was or he was a madman because mm-hmm. saying he's exclusively the way to et- eternal peace is not yeah. something a good teacher would say Yeah, yeah. It, it's something mm-hmm. something lunatic would say mm-hmm. yeah
1: and I, th- and I think part of the claim of, of Christ and Christianity is that actually it does make, help to make sense of the world and of ourselves in a more compelling way and I think that's where I started with, with my message talking about a secular worldview. Um, can be very inconsistent with the way people live. People will say, "Well, you know, philosophy and rationalism has helped me to to imagine, and science, modern science has helped me to answer questions about where the universe came from, and is there ethics in in life without God?" And that, you know, you have some answers to. Mm-hmm. But I think a real weakness of a secular worldview is like what well, the ultimate uh, endpoint of that is: that life is meaningless without mm-hmm. God, without a eternal meaning there is no meaning uh, but yet no one lives like that no mm-hmm. one lives as if there, there's no meaning we're all sort of seeking meaning because we can't live with a sense of purposelessness mm-hmm. um, and that is a clue actually mm-hmm. the, you know the story of the, the bible is like god has made us for meaning has made us for a relationship with him and that the world's evil mm-hmm. the world is broken and we need a savior from that yeah. we don't need to, you know so this talk about the way and you know what helps me in life and that sort of thing it's like well if we're all sitting on the titanic you know you yeah. might having a pedicure might make you feel better but mm-hmm. you're going down the Titanic. Yeah, and yeah. In the, of course jesus does le- lead to a rich yeah. and fulfilled life in the here and now but he's also the one that saves you from the evil and sin in the world that's in the world and it's in you and i don't think we need any reminders if we look at what's going on in the world that the world is evil and full of suffering and um horrible to an extent uh, something's gone wrong there is evil and wrongness in the world and there's evil and wrongness in us and we need rescuing from that and Jesus comes to be the answer for that yeah,
0: yeah. Um, can I ask you a question which, which somebody posted to me recently um, sorry we are being massively off base in terms of what that's we what discussed before <laughs> uh, what we can do um, I was talking to a friend about making decisions and uh, how do you know what way you're supposed to take oh sure what sort of decision you're meant to take. Uh, and I guess, I mean, I'm not the only one with questions about um, decisions, <laughs> decisions on life. And he quite happily said, well, Jesus doesn't give you this way or that way. He says, I am the way. Mm-hmm. And good decision-making is committing your life to him Yeah. and letting him be led by you, which, sounds, which, is, which I agree with. It sounds beautiful. Uh, and it you know it helps my prayer life to think, no, I don't need to necessarily seek God for... Um, Direction on what decisions I need to make. I need to see Codron aligning my heart Mm. towards his leadership and towards him, following him, him being the way. Yeah. Um, But then how do you hold that intention with actually making decisions about life? Mm. Good decisions.
1: Yeah, I think... um, I think what I'd say to that is, well, just to underline the first thing you've said there, that actually submitting your whole life to Jesus and coming to life with an attitude of, I want to follow you and as practice in my life, like being in prayer and, and being having your mind shaped uh, by scripture um, is, is the best place to be in. And in a way, it's easier to make decisions um, when that is the case. If you have a habit of... Shaping your mind according to what the Bible says, you're much less likely to make a decision that is not in accordance with God's revealed will in, in His Word. Mm. You know that's that's an obvious one. When someone you know first becomes a Christian, of course you're going to ask that question: like how 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 do I, how do I live? You know, what one of the key questions when in, in the early church when people became Christians is like, do I give up the job that I've been doing? Mm-hmm. Because so many of the professions were so strongly linked to other worldly cultish um god you know uh, religious behavior so you couldn't you couldn't i think is you couldn't even be a teacher because to be a teacher would be to teach people about other religions mm. so it's like no no, that, that's that's out for it because you know oh, i'm following jesus now jesus is not just one of the other gods mm. he is completely different and mm. all the other gods are inappropriate mm. you know The first commandment love the lord your god with all your heart there's one mm. and you he's completely devotion um, so, actually, being informed by scripture will help you to make some um, a, a lot of decisions. Um, but also, I, I think I would say an, another wonderful aspect of being submitting your whole way to God is I essentially, I would say, as a general rule, that if your life is submitted to Jesus, then you do what you want. You pray about it, ask God for direction, and do what you want. Because if your attitude in your heart is to follow Jesus the way you instinctively will want to go is to follow him and you know of course you've got to check your motives am i being selfish here is this good for me does this help does this but ask you, you what you'll do is you'll you'll ask questions does this help me to serve jesus you know for example someone says you know i i want to you know i've got this great job opportunity in you know saudi arabia or whatever uh and i would be like well but is that going to be good for your personal relationship with jesus and that could be a massive thing. Like, if you're not going to be able to be connected with the church, if you're going to be surrounded by wealth that might be a great temptation to you and it's going to lead you away. Like mm. I've just said in my message on Sunday, life is primarily about Jesus. It's not about wealth. So mm. it's not about comfort. Is it? So if you've got that fundamental question answered first, then you can. it helps you to filter those, all those other things. Mm. It's not easy to do because you're going to make decisions that like... Where you feel like you don't have enough money or that you're struggling through, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, this is it's, it's not straightforward, but
0: so let's let, 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 it sound
1: easy. But let's dig deep <laughs> into
0: um, people who are watching this, uh, and ourselves included, we really want to follow Jesus and we want our lives to we're absolutely convinced by his worth, his beauty. Um, we are also convinced that in him we can live our best lives, uh, and then just enjoy life to the fullest, enjoy life the way he intended life to be created what is the daily outworking of that and we talked about meditation and devotion we go a bit deep into that mm. you George, like why don't you tell us about your your prayer life George um, tell us about how you storm the heavens I'm six to seven every morning <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I think um, is it is a there's a famous George Muller quote George Muller was a
0: uh, um, named after George Muller I wasn't. You but did, maybe so you just like, like maybe George I should courts. claim it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm. yeah, he started a bunch of um orphanages, did some wonderful mm. work in the oh, seventeen hundreds, yeah. no? Something like that. No um, that and in he, he uh, one of one of the quotes uh, from him is that his first the first thing he needs to do in the morning is to get his heart happy in God mm. before he attempts anything else. And uh, I think that that's a principle that um, should guide us. Um, we forget overnight the things we knew yesterday. Um, I think Martin Martin Luther is quoted as saying he'd wake up in the morning like the devil was sitting on his chest. You it's sort of typically Luther kind of overstatement. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the spiritual reality of whatever happened yesterday. I need God again today. I need to know him. I can't live on yesterday's mm. manna. I can't live on yesterday's bread. I need to know something of him. Very good. And it is as personal as George Muller was saying. It's like, I want to get my heart happy in God. Mm. I want to I know joy from him again. And it's a relationship. And let's uh, look different in different Times in my life um, we had a baby three months ago and that has completely shaken everything up that I used to have in terms of routines but um, previously in sort of working rhythms I'd have 20 minutes on the train I'm doing nothing else I can't do anything else I could scroll on Instagram for 20 minutes or I could read and I could pray in my head um, and there's different different moments in my day where it's like this is guaranteed and uh that's where kind of rhythms and disciplines come in as well and which is really really helpful um at the moment it looks like just finding the five minutes where where baby's asleep and i'm not you know doing something else and uh, and praying in the mornings just starting to get back into that rhythm and i'm sure everything will change again mm-hmm. um but the the, the the discipline and the um, I guess the value is I want to get to God yeah. and hopefully in the morning as well, because that's when the day starts. If I get happy at 9 pm, great, but I'm going to go to sleep and wake up again. I need some help. Um, that's, that's my, uh, yeah, my, my, my two cents on it. And uh, there's loads of different ways you can you can do that. And as you said, we talked about medica- uh, medication. <laughs> meditation. <laughs> um, <of> me. <laughs> Good, can medicate, and people do. Um, uh, but med- meditation and things like that. And there might be some things that we want to um, sort of liberate and enjoy from culture and things that we've found. Um, but I think uh, sometimes meditation is a bit about kind of emptying yourself, mm. uh, emptying your mind or separating yourself from reality. Like that's not what we're doing in the morning. We are going back to the ultimate reality of Jesus we're not separating ourselves from reality and i'm not emptying my mind i'm focusing my mind on the things above and on jesus and so i I think that there would be some things we challenge there as well as some things we'd we'd kind of go oh great that's a good rhythm yeah a bit of space a bit of breathing great
1: um yeah there we go here's a little illustration a story that has just come to mind i'll tell it in the first person because it works better as a story even though it's not true (laughs) but there's uh you know we have young kids and we um uh, used to have a biscuit tin on the side in the uh, the kitchen and the thing with young kids is they get bigger and they get older and uh, when they get to about three and four they get a bit more precocious and uh, one day my kid sneaked into the kitchen and it was big enough to reach the biscuit tin I was able to take a biscuit unbeknownst to us until we found other crumbs <laughs> leading away from the scene of the crime so we put the uh, biscuits in. We put the biscuits in. <laughs> I won't tell you what we do with him, but we put the biscuits in in the uh, in the on the shelf a bit higher up, so he wouldn't he wouldn't uh, be able to get there. And then, sure enough, a few, few weeks later, as he gets older, he realizes that gotcha. actually there's a scheme here that we could be employed, and so he gets a chair mm. and he pushed the chair against the side of the uh, unit and was able to reach the biscuit in. So as I say, it's not a true story, but it's a good illustration because the chair. Is discipline. The chair is discipline. Mm. We have a, tend to have a negative when we say the word discipline or spiritual disciplines or routines and that sort of thing, we can have a negative view of it because it's just like, oh, that sounds like drudgery. Sure, we're in a you know religion of of grace. It's the grace of God, the love of God. That's what spirituality should be about. The, you know, not discipline, it's about grace, it's about love. But the whole point of that illustration is that discipline takes you where you couldn't go. By yourself it takes you higher than you can go before um, and that's the thing with with, with spiritual life is it's it's there is as I was hopefully trying to explain on Sunday there is more in terms of depth of relationship that we can be led into um, but actually discipline is a way of a way of getting there we shape our life we shape our habits the Bible talks about the, f- the fact that we have um, the Holy Spirit in us that you know, loves to praise Jesus and points us towards things of righteousness but we also have our flesh we also have the unredeemed part mm-hmm. of us that is lazy and is sinful and prone to um, pull us away from the things of God and actually habit and discipline is a way of challenging and shaping so that the spirit is leading us and the flesh is not pulling us back and I've just I've just personally found habit as a very Mm. Um, very, You know, I, I mentioned that, you know, re- resetting in the summer. One of the ways that that, um, that, that God's done that in me is re- I read a book on habits. Mm. It's not a Christian book. Which one? Or Atomic Habits. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which is
0: that's really on good the book. Like,
1: yeah, bestseller list. Mm. It's a very good book. And it's, it, and it's one of those things because it's like, it is a very good book. And mm. I, I've said to be it was a very good book. But in one sense, the book is like, it doesn't tell you anything that's like completely completely like oh i never heard this before mm. it's you know you read it, it's like oh yeah mm. oh yeah and i think it's funny because you know preaching that message on sunday i think that was i was really actually quite, i've been really quite surprised how it's landed with people because i've been prepping it i think i was thinking oh i feel i need to say things that people are not going to want to hear like i'm just telling people to get the devotional life sorted and it feels like a challenge and it's not you kind of conflicted as like is this a good thing to be saying to people? Is this going to be actually helpful to people? But I think what it it did is that it's landed in people as something of like, oh yeah, I know this is true. <laughs> I know this is what it's about. I know that Jesus has prompted me on this, and maybe I've not been able to follow that. And this is a refresher, and that's that's why it's landed well yeah. with people. Um,
0: Can I ask you a couple of? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think just two because we were running out of time. Just two questions um, as you come okay. into land. The first one is what does your de- what does your devotion time look like? So again, mm-hmm. somebody new Christian watching this never had a time of meditation or devotion before. What does that look like? Yeah. And I think the last one is uh, to end is, um, what sort of expectations do you have from your time of from your devotion time? You know, the kind of images that we get portrayed about meditation is that you leave in this tranquil state and then the rest of the day of basically floating in a cloud because you've spent time with the sacred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But really, what does that look like after your devotion? Yeah. But let's go on the first one. Like what does your devotion, what does it look like? I think it's really quick,
1: practically. Yeah, yeah, very very quickly. I mean, one of the reasons that, that I um, challenge people to do five minutes is because that is what I have started to do, just do five minutes of prayer in the morning. I literally use um, uh, a, habit, a habit app called Productive. Uh, and it has a little five minute timer as well as a little tick then i just said time before that i read the new testament and psalms and proverbs bit of the bible in one year mm-hmm. do that in the morning then pray and uh, that's morning in the in the evening as i say before i go to bed i read the old testament passage literally in bed as the last thing last thing i do i would schedule uh, through the week no maybe not every day but through the week other times to go and actually pray go for a walk outside okay. so tend to pray better uh, praying out loud um, and so I do that walk around that and yeah that's that's the, be the basics of my devotional life. George?
2: Mm. Um, as I said everything's been shaken up recently uh, in the season that we're in and so some of the really life-giving habits have had to change which has been a shock to the system and um, but more more recently we've just started getting into a bit of a routine um, that allows me to um, get up uh, slightly earlier and um spend yeah so by by within a year I tend to do yeah New Testament and Psalms um and then spend some time praying and i'd also have different different moments throughout the day it's a bit easier for me and as uh, a staff member here part of my part of my role will be making sure that i'm reading and, and thinking deeply and so i'll have slots in the day where uh, maybe on a on a commute or whatever listening to a podcast or reading a book um and i find those really helpful sort of devotional level books um as well and uh, yeah and then i think the, the the only the other quick thing would be um we talked about we had john tyson over lockdown sort of zooming in talking about his prayer life and one of the things he talked about was separating like the different types of prayer because prayer can be there's lots of different things going on when you pray i'm kind of i want to connect with god i want to ask him for things and i want to sort of seek him for other people and and so um he sort of split those up into literally into three and i don't do three and but i do the two of the morning really for me is about getting to god it's about relationship it's about knowing him and uh and you know trying to find happiness in god mm-hmm. um and then there'll be other moments where i would work through my list of asking for things asking for other people seeking him for things um and just separating those two out just really helped me to be clear on what my aim is mm. um and then your second question does it is it always fire and uh mm. or, or peace or yeah, that, um, what,
0: what should people expect when they finish their
2: okay. um so i would say um there have been moments in god by myself that have transformed my life forever. There have been genuine moments in God praying, reading the Bible. I used to one of the jobs I had, I had ten minute, fifteen minute break. I'd nip out and get a coffee, and God just changed my life in those moments. Just, just praying, just amazing, amazing moments. Where did you get a coffee from? Um, <laughs> what was it? it was uh, it, light, it was Bond America. Street, so it was oh, wow, actually really good. Yeah, uh, uh, totally yeah. um, and uh, but and it, and wasn't, it wasn't it wasn't the coffee. It was it was <laughs> the Lord that changed my oh. life. Um, but that is that every day? No, it's not every day. And so I think it can be helpful to think of it a little bit more like feeding than reading. Mm. Um, I don't remember every meal I'm going to eat. I'll remember the, the, the box shop chicken, mm. I, I don't remember what I had for breakfast already. And, and I probably, I couldn't tell you what I had for breakfast last week, but it fed me, it sustained me, it keep me going. Sometimes mm-hmm. I finish praying and I, it's like, has much changed? Mm. I know I've been fed. This is the bread of God for us. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very good. Matt, any closing thoughts before we No, I think George said it very well. What do we, thanks so much for joining us. What do we have coming up next week? Uh,
1: yeah, great question. It's uh, oh, it's it's not it's not me. Well, I think if you're in in one of the other sites apart from Clarendon Centre, you're reflecting on I am the truth. As uh, so, you know, next part of this one. And uh, Neville, is, Neville Jones is coming to Clarendon Centre.
0: Great. Thanks so much for joining us. We will see you for live lunch next week. bye. Bye bye.